He's whiny. <laughs> yeah, like he sounds like such a bitch. All right, this is take four. Take four. We're this is fucking bullshit, pissing me off. But we were saying I don't even know if we're gonna even show the other parts just because it's why edit in three minutes. But how I take I ingest a lot of nicotine despite not talking about it often. You ingest an ungodly quantity of nicotine. It's the uh, you know like the right wing Twitter guys, the right wing Twitter sphere is all about that stimulant abuse. They're all about posting about nicotine all the time, and they like they'll have like a four milligram zine pouch or whatever <laughs> every every day, right? Uh, and then Verse is out here, and he's vaping like twenty four milligram per milliliter liquid at like a rate of forty two milliliters per hour. <laughs> he's eating. He's he's just like you know you take the zine pouches, and he's he's not even like putting them in his mouth. He's just chewing them and like by the handful, like just eating them. <laughs> and uh and he never once mentions it on the timeline it's the, the uh, you know that's it's the shadow builder right got to got to stay in the shadows here's the thing i used to take a lot of caffeine as a kid right and that's one of the like symptoms of like <coughs> oh sneeze randomly um one of the symptoms of like adhd i mean they, they prescribe stimulants because people if they don't get to prescribe and they just start self-medicating effectively right they, they typically start drinking a lot of mountain dew they do a lot of whatever the fuck. They get a lot of caffeine. They start taking doing coke or whatever the fuck. Because on some level, it does. It clearly helps with the uh, with attention, right? So I was something, doing that something anyway. dopamine. Yeah, something like dopamine. I, right. I, I love I love when everyone tries to do like a uh, you know some sort of like a scientific explanation for the ADHD stuff or symptoms. It's allegedly an executive functioning um, like issue, right? So like, there's not enough like activity in the frontal lobe allegedly whatever the fuck i don't care i have like eight books on it but i didn't, i read like the first 20 pages of eight of them <laughs> which i think is a little bit meta but the uh effectively i was like taking adderall a bunch every day and this works exactly the same like i feel just as like focused as i did on adderall except except i don't feel like a zombie so i think that's an improvement well, I don't know. The thing with nicotine is like, I feel like the active dose for it actually having, I mean, this is the same thing with every stimulant. So I'm basically going to give you the same exact rant that I've given you about Adderall that everyone's already heard 5 billion times because I not only say it on this podcast, but I post it probably about once a week in either a reply or, or a direct tweet. But uh, I'm going to do it anyway with nicotine because I think it's the same thing where everybody says like, oh yeah, nicotine is like a nootropic, but like the effect that you need to get like the good mental effects is like really small. And then people will overshoot that like 8 million times. Very true. And be like, yeah, like I'm using this as a mental aid. And it's like, well, <laughs> like, I, you know, it's kind of like if someone was like uh, injecting half a gram of meth and they were like, it's used to treat ADHD, bro. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, well, I mean, like, technically you're not wrong, but uh, you seem to have taken this to an extent that no doctor ever would. And like doctors are kind of fucky about this, too. Like doctors even recommend like big ass uh, doses for all this stuff, too. Yeah. I, had, this, I mean, this was a sub stack I was going to do recently, actually. We should about do the it, whole, actually. Uh, the, the, the meth thing where uh, 
I think that actually meth is like a better cognitive aid than dextroamphetamine or other like the, the standard Adderall stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reasons that they are not prescribing meth is because one, it's like it it's got a little bit of a bad reputation. Just right? a, like just a not, smidge. You know, it's not it's not pristine. You could say the reputation has been somewhat soiled. Uh, but two, also, it's really fucking easy to make meth, right? Yeah, like you, you can you can make meth with like a Nalgene bottle. I'm not gonna like describe more. Uh, I guess this is going to YouTube. I mean, some the, sort of like an automated. Content. Oh yeah, they absolutely would, would flag that. I forgot. We can't explain how to make meth. Yeah, we just know we it's should, very we easy. We shouldn't even talk about how we can't explain how to make meth because I feel like <laughs> that contains within it explain how to make meth the sentence fragment, which is probably something <laughs> that they're going to flag. But uh, yeah. Well, actually, we but, because of how good I am at the rating stuff, they just trust my rating now. That's so, epic. It's yeah. good that we've built up. It's good that we've built up the trust for this. But anyway, what I was what I was saying is, uh, I do think that it it is related to the ability to uh, like for pharmacies exclusively to manufacture like Adderall and stuff like that, right? Whereas it's not going to happen with. Uh, it's, it's, it's not going to happen that like people are going to go out and make Adderall in an Algene bottle. It's a really fucking hard synthesis to make yes. dextroamphetamine or regular amphetamine salts. Methamphetamine is super easy because we have like a bunch of precursors for it. But also, uh, so the other thing with meth is like regular amphetamines, like you know, if someone was going to take 200 milligrams of Adderall, you know, like it, it's something that you've never heard of, right? Like you've yeah. never heard of someone taking 200 milligrams of Adderall because like once you get past like 30 or 50 or something, you're like, wow, like this kind of sucks. Well, I, right? I know people take well over 100 milligrams of Adderall. Okay. Well, I'm, maybe I'm maybe I'm using the wrong dose. No, I mean, here. like they're adults and they are bigger dudes. Yeah. And, and the basic bad. point, though, is that like you can take you can take a lot of meth. And yeah. it won't feel that bad because meth doesn't like spin up your, this sounds really unintuitive. Like this sounds like the opposite of what you would expect would be real, but like meth doesn't spin up your like heart rate and your blood pressure and all of that other stuff to the same insane extent that Adderall does. Right. I think it's, it's like the norepinephrine, that yeah. one, right. You know, you know that, that neurotransmitter. Yes. Well, I think though, that's kind of the reason why they do it though, because it's self-limiting. Um, because allegedly, I mean, I, I don't know. That's kind of what I was told that it's self-limiting by the people who gave it to me. Um, Wait, meth? No, 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 Adderall. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it is self-limiting in the sense that, uh, like, the the benefits get smaller as you, you know, like th- there's a very clear point of diminishing returns. Whereas with meth, like, it doesn't hit nearly as soon. Yes, exactly. So yeah, it's easier to your 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 discomfort outpaces the benefit, so you don't end up taking the lethal levels of it or like really abusive levels yeah i think i think somebody some doctor did a uh i think they did a comparison of the physiological effects of on like heart rate and blood pressure of amphetamines versus meth and uh i they basically found that you can tolerate like twice as much without like weird side effects getting in so like meth felt like smoother for a given cognitive benefit that's probably for the best. It's probably for the best then that they give me the self-limiting one. Because as you can see, I, I don't self-regulate well. <laughs> I just keep taking it more. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cope and tell myself this is better than taking Adderall every day. It feels I think, better. I think it probably is. Like, I it think feels a lot better. I think amphetamines are really, really fucking bad for you. Yeah. I, I, I don't know way. why. I don't know why. Because I don't feel, I don't like notice any true, like when I was taking it every day any true like side effects, but I, f- I can like on a, like a, 
uh, self experience way, like a mindfulness way, feel I feel better not taking it. Yeah, no, I someone someone gave me a bunch of amphetamines again, like uh, three months ago or something, and I used them for like a week or something, and I was like, "Damn, dude! Like, I feel fucked up. I feel fried. Like, I feel totally blown out, man." Yes, you feel blown out, and also like, especially like if you take a lot. Like, I noticed that if I would take like twice or like a little bit more than like my standard dose, I would take like because I would get like the normal amount, and then I would get like a small like five milligram boosters. And if I took the five milligram booster on top of the normal amount, I would like my adrenals would be fried and I'd pass out. Like I'd fall asleep really early. Kind of like if you drink coffee. Yeah. Like, yeah, there, there is a weird thing with amphetamines where like even though you're like jacked up, you can still fall asleep just because you've blown yourself out so hard. Yeah, you exactly. know, And then the sleep is like super unrestful and you wake up feeling absolute ass. Yes. And that's yeah. very... And that used to happen to me when I first started before I got... Before... Which is also kind of why I was able to... I get the prescription pretty easy because I actively told my psychiatrist to like lower my dose, which I don't think is the normal thing to do. <laughs> I think most people are like, yeah, give me yeah, more I think, I think most people are like, doc, I need more crack, man. I'm starting to come yeah. down. I just was like, give me the minimal active dose. So for my like weight. So that's kind of, I think that gave me goodwill with them. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, this, uh, the additional nicotine that would really help. I mean, like I noticed that if I take like a zin pouch, like when I, fir- like in the afternoon, let's say like, not afternoon, that's still morning, like 10.30 a.m. I don't really need another one. I could just like do the work for the rest of the day. The vaping, it's more of like a habit thing and then you just keep doing it. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually like when I quit drugs like 10 years ago, I had a coworker who gave me a vape and he was like, bro, like I know it's not necessarily uh, what I went through, but this helped me like quit weed or something. And I was like, sure, thanks. And I like started vaping uh, when I was like quitting like meth and shit. And uh, that was a uh, that was a that was a really weird thing for me to realize. Is that like the the physiologic or I don't know whatever the, like the physically addictive effects of nicotine are actually like way worse than meth, right? Like withdrawing from nicotine after that was like. I'm not going to say it was like impossible or like super hard, but it, it like it had like a noticeable effect. Like it was hard. It makes you uh, irritable. Well, not, I mean, I, I don't want to say hard even, but it, it was like it, it was something that took like a notable amount of like mental effort. Whereas like quitting meth was really fucking easy, actually. Like quitting meth was like nothing. Like you could just, you know, like well, I, I had like a few days. Hard drugs, it's easier with those because... They're Except opiates, as, like opiates, actually yeah, suck opiates ass if you're trying to and quit. And barbiturates will die, so don't just. Yeah, stop yeah. I mean, there's yeah. We're we're being a little bit uh, dramatic. We're painting things with a little bit of a broad brush that maybe we shouldn't be. I feel like nicotine's like caffeine, where it's like I really like. For example, like I'm never quitting caffeine. Like I don't like the the upside of quitting it is not gonna be like just the irritability that it creates. Like I'm a, like my family, everyone around me in life is just like drink coffee before you talk to me. Like I remember growing up, my parents would just be like, drink coffee and then speak to us because you're a fucking dickhead. Otherwise, like we just don't want to deal with you, bro. It's like you have to drink coffee and then you could talk to the family. So, and that's been just become my, like whenever I'm home or girlfriends, there's like, they'll just like have the coffee when you first wake up. And then, cause you're 10 times more pleasant afterwards. And I just think the irritability of that, like the three days it would take to like recalibrate, of me being a dickhead will probably burn every bridge in my life. So <laughs> I think that's really the, the thing stopping me. I don't know if nicotine would hit as hard. I mean, I can, cause I can just stop. Like I 
do I do a ton of I just get bored of it and I just stop. But because I'm a, I have a, a more rigorous job now, I started. So how long? Up. How long do you quit nicotine for when you quit? I mean, I could go weeks, like just on a drop of a dime. I just started doing it again because of the new job. Because like when when I was quitting nicotine, I didn't start noticing like anything bad until like week like one or two or something. It was really weird. It was like the most delayed effect really? ever. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't I know. I, actually I, I looked it. it up. I think there's some like uh, there's there's some metabolite. Like I want to say it's like cottonine or something like that. Mm-hmm. That is a metabolite that is primarily responsible for like a bunch of the extended effects or something like that. I don't know. Interesting. Well, the thing is, I, what I do know though, I, I might not. I also might not have the same because I still take a really small dose of a different stimulant. It like counterbalances it. So I know that it probably wouldn't hit the same because I have gone just like, because when I used to smoke cigarettes for the same exact purpose, now that I have the pouches, the pouches make life a lot easier. Smoking has like the smell thing. I don't always want to smell like cigarettes. So I would just stop sometimes or if I started coughing. I cannot. This is like my least, uh, like the only area in which my disgust response expresses itself in any way is. The smoking smell? It's the kissing someone who smokes. It makes oh, me want to okay. blow my brains out, dude. It sucks so bad. There are so there are so few things that a woman can do that actually are like gross to me. Like it, mm-hmm. it's it's honestly shocking and sort of appalling how short that list is. Really, and the fact yeah, and the fact that it's like only smoking is like really bizarre because there's like a bunch of like fucked up stuff that doesn't make that list. I don't really. <laughs> I, I don't find the smoking the girls smell like even before I smoked cigarettes at all. I never found it to be that uh, offensive of a smell. It's not the smell isn't that bad. It's the it's the taste when you kiss them. Oh, interesting, interesting. That I think if they have like, we'll also have like very youthful defining moments of like being a teenager and kissing some girl at like a metal show (laughs) where her perfume is mixed with the cigarette smell, and you're like, oh yeah. See, this is probably the difference. Is you went to metal shows and I went to raves, and nobody at raves was really smoking cigarettes. Yes, that I, that definitely like plays into you it. You can like, hear I can literally hear that you just took a rip on the face. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> That's so funny. It's it's so much funnier now too because like uh yeah, after staying with you, I now realize when it's happening whereas before I assumed it was some sort of like an audio distortion effect thing. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, like the the packets just slowed down or something." You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> the internet protocol is not quite as uh keeping up. Yeah, now you know the de- now you know the inner my inner life is me walking around vaping and drinking coffee and be- being a psycho. But uh, yeah, no, the metal shows like that. I think that is actually is a major component of like people's like what they'll tolerate in a partner, right? So like, if you probably didn't grow up, if you ever grew up around like a scene that does a lot of like Molly and smokes weed and shit, that's probably like, oh yeah, it's fine. I'm I'm used to that. Whereas like metal shows, like I'm pounding shots of whiskey and smoking cigarettes. So you're like, all right, uh, I'm pretty, I'm okay with a girl who does that. Cause it's like one of the first girls I was dating would, would do that. Right. I can't imagine that. But see, at the same time, I t- until I started, until I smoked weed in college, I, I did not like girls who smoked weed. I still like, no, I, pre- I don't really give a shit anymore. Now it's kind of like whatever, but cause I got, I guess I got used to it over time. But I did not like that at all before. And then like, you know, I started, then I got into my stoner metal days and then that's kind of what switched it up. Yeah. I don't know. I had, I had a couple like weed phases in college where I would be like, uh, 
and I, I was always like the funniest like marijuana poser guy right yeah like i would try uh i don't know like I, I would get all the weird like weed shit like you know the vapes and all the weird like accoutrements mm. all of the uh the things that would allow you to like oh wow like you can get so much high out of such small amounts you of get the bubblers and the yeah. fucking i but when yeah, i was a uh, and this I was, was, this like was before everyone came out with like the extracts and stuff like that. But like, yes, I yes. basically did this and then just let people come over and like use it and shit. And then I would like just bitch hit everything because I actually like don't like weed. And I've I just to, never liked weed. I used and, to, um, I never like would buy weed. I just hung out with weed dealers. So I guess I was just mooching the whole time. I was just mooching the whole time, I guess. But like, but I did like pitch in for like, we had like a, a house bong that was like a really nice glass bong. And shit like that. And I would like make the gravity bongs or, or roll and shit. But like, I just would, I was like sketched out about the, like the, the, the illegality of it. Cause I was in a state that was like very illegal in. And I was like, I'm not going to fucking jail or even getting in trouble for this. And my mom, my mom will kill me. That's, I was, I was being a pussy about it. But I was like, I'll, I'll chip in, but I'm not buying it myself, uh, which is yeah. so cringe in hindsight. But I, I had this guy on my floor in my dorm who would like consistently ship himself or ship himself like bricks of weed from California. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess he like fucked up one day and like shipped it to the person next door. Ooh. And it was like a few girls and they got it and opened it and they were like, what the fuck is this? And like, mm-hmm. it wound up with just like the police, like raiding our whole dorm. It That's was so like, funny. It was just like the most, most uh, avoidable fuck up of all time. And it's like, th- this is the thing with weed, right? Like this is the specific thing with weed. Is it specifically designed to get you to do that? Like that sort of like clerical fuck up. Yeah. Something that's so stupid that you look back on it and you're like, that's you only deserve, I was high. <laughs> you deserve right like you deserve like a felony level prison indictment for being this fucking stupid for like for for like oh instead of 26 i put 27 for the address and i sent it to the sorority <laughs> girls next door and they opened it and they didn't know what it was and now i'm in jail like it's it's yeah. your fault dude that is and your fault. I mean, it's the same thing with with the smell too. The, the smell is the like, problem. It's like physically large. Like it's just a drug that is designed to get you arrested in the dumbest fucking. It's also possible, so funny because like right? it's the drug that's the easiest to catch on drug tests. Yeah, like you yeah, can do like cocaine it's, the day before and it doesn't it's, do shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced that the reason that the government like likes weed so much is because it it's a drug that uh you know like most drugs are like self limiting in that they like self regulate the amount you consume them right like you can't yes. you can't realistically I mean like obviously there's alcoholics right but like you can't actually get most people to become an alcoholic because it's like it's non functional for them right yeah yeah. Whereas like weed, you can kind of like function, but just as like a decreased level and you're just constantly telling the world that you're using weed in various ways. Oh, yeah. yeah. You change your whole fucking style. You fucking. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Like nobody, you know, like there's no uh, there's no like Adderall users fashion. Right. Whereas Mm -hmm. like if you smoke weed, you can you can make reasonably like a guess on how much weed somebody smokes by like what they look like and how they dress. Oh, yeah. It's very funny. It's like, it's clearly like the drug that's like, I don't know. It's, it's definitely like a marked drug. Like, like I, I, even in college though, like when I went by weed, cause like, again, the sm- it smells, it has like outsized, like punishment for the reward. I was like getting like opium shipped <laughs> to the fucking dorm. And then we were smoking opium in the dorm because it smells like poppy. Like it smells like flowers. And we were just like, they, they had drug dogs on the floor, but they're, they're not trained to like for opium. 
and we made an opium den my like sophomore year of college which is like really fucking stupid but i was like convinced i was like there's no fucking universe that they know that they're looking for this so we would do shit like that or we like you know smoke dmt and like things that are like a little bit outside the main Overton window of drug use. The Overton window. Dude, DMT <laughs> is such a meme drug because it literally... Now it is, now like it is. A, it wasn't back then yet. Yeah, that's true. I guess... I, this is 2009-10, so like, it, this is prior. Like, Joe Rogan, like, just started his podcast, for example. Was Joe Rogan the one who made DMT the thing that it is now? Yeah, he is. It's his fault. That's sort of bizarre, man. Because it, cause he started doing it, like, his podcast started, like, maybe 2010, 9 or 10. And uh, he would, then he started like, you know, we talk about, like, he would, did, he had like one viral clip about how, when he did DMT after working on the man show. And then he would like bring on the, like the Alex Gray guy and like all that shit. And then they did the DMT spirit molecule documentary and Joe Rogan's all over it. So he kind of is like to credit for it. But yeah, back then it was like a drug that no one had ever fucking heard of. I heard about it in high school because some, the one fucking like the senior dude who would, like go to like the psychedelic shows was like, oh, bro, you want to get some Deemers? And I was like, what the fuck is Deemers, bro? Deemers? Yeah, that's what they were calling it in 2007. Deemers, want to get some bro. Deemers? And I like went it home and... gay. If someone it, said it sound get gay. some Deemers, I'd be like, no, dude. Like He was kind I'm, of being a troll. It but... like, it's like poppers or something. Yeah, he was trying to be a troll about it because he was like making fun of me for being like 14. But that that's is what they fair, called it. They yeah. called it Deemers, but he was saying it in like a troll way. And then, I guess, uh, yeah, that is, I, I that is like, like how old we were. We were like fucking super young or something. But I, the, the only experience that I remember with DMT was like, <laughs> I smoked it and I remember it tasting like what, if you lit like a plastic straw on fire yes. and then like inhaled, I was like, that was exactly what smoking DMT tasted like. A hundred percent. It tastes just like plastic bag. And it was very uncomfortable. Um, fun. Ex- I mean, it was fun enough of an experience. That was also like when like, it was really cool to smoke salvia when they used to have it at every store. Like this is a very big like I miss you know, I miss the salvia thing. Every now oh, and then someone messages me and they're like, "This is some shit that like I feel like you would have done." And I was like, "Actually, this was the only drug that I had people consistently tell me enough like uh this shit will like give you like real life nightmares. Don't do it." That I actually yes. listened and didn't. Like it, it was one of those things where it was during the time where you like record you would take uh salvia and your friends would record you and you watch yourself have a bad trip. Very fun. A yeah, very horrible right like they were they were like uh yeah no it's this epic drug where you do it and then uh you like shit yourself and then start crying <laughs> right? and i was like wow i think i can pass i think i can pass this one and then and then all of them all of them were like sitting there like showing me videos of them like shitting themselves being like dude like, look, it was so epic it was it's like, like ah. the god jabbar and from dune it was like you have to just t- like you just gotta prove that you're not pussy and you'll take the psychedelic hellscape yeah. <laughs> you gotta just fucking yeah. prove it bro oh you're not scared then take the hit bro be done in 15 minutes or what are you pussy you know see, there's normal cultures in the world what they'll do to like vet out like their uh the person that their son or daughter is gonna marry is they'll have the parents go and get turbo hammered with them and gauge their character while they're hammered right like that's a normal mm. this is like a that. normal behavior and then like retarded 17 year olds in high school will do that same thing except they will take away any sort of uh any sort of serious pairing judgment and they'll just be like can this guy hold his shit after we give him 100 times the <laughs> LSD that any normal person has ever had <laughs> absolutely hey listen that's how friends are made i've done that we did that many times in college like, yeah, yeah, let's, hit, let's give this guy, like, like you take, like, a, like five hits of acid and then, or, like, make him smoke a fucking, like, uh, make him smoke, like, uh, what is that shit, hash or whatever the fuck, 
and see if he fucking what like, was that stuff i remember it being like some weed thing but i don't remember like this is when like my age is gonna is gonna make me get fucking memed on by the kids right i know we're, it's we're like a stronger this concentrate. whole thing this whole thing right because like now all these weed people they just like uh they have like pure 100 percent thc like it looks like shards of or wax or whatever the fuck and they like they take like a red hot torch mm-hmm. they stab it into it and they fucking That's 600 degree like, dabs bro yeah they, they vape 8 million thc's into their lungs at once and uh and then they just no, bro. We had a deal. We had to come out the gutter, bro. We didn't have any of that that cool shit. Everything, all the weed was trash. And they had like, yeah, like we. If you had a vape back when I was back when I was a kid, back in my day, if you had a fucking vape, man, you that was like were, hardcore. Like my yeah, like friend you, got had, one. Like remember the volcano vaporizer? Yes, that's what we had. We had the volcano. Yeah, everyone on everyone in the entire state thought that you were the coolest person in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then we used to put like, fucking now it's um, like if you don't have if you don't have a Rube Goldberg machine that can vaporize sixty two <laughs> ounces of marijuana per second, like you're a huge loser. My, when like, uh, in college we used to have we used to f- so this is so funny. We um the guy who taught me how to juggle like really like like good shit like good juggling. He he was like a pot, I guess like a pot dealer. Like the real talk, shit, not, not like the like real shit, yeah. juggling shit, not like exactly my like I could like he shit. taught me how to pass clubs and stuff. Anyway. He would have a fucking, he would have like, he was like a rich kid who like his dad was like, you're a loser. Here's a nice house. That kind of thing. He like worked yeah. at Domino's as a delivery guy and he had like a really sick ass house, like very cool with its own. Like he would throw these cool parties, all the, everyone's doing circus tricks and shit. Anyway, he had like a herb garden and we'd go over there and put like fucking tiger bomb and lemon grass and shit in the fucking vaporizer and <laughs> smoke like fucking like a potpourri weed. That was pretty fun. Yeah, so that's that was like that was like the coolest thing you could possibly do in like 2009. Nowadays, that's like blase. No one's impressed by that. Yeah, now it's like really have changed, man. Yeah, it's man. Funny, yeah. It's funny. We've spent probably like 25 minutes talking about uh, like how drugs are stupid. Yeah, but it's hey, like we're still talking about drugs, right? That's how that's how drugs get to you, bro. It's the you can't get rid of the egregor. Once you try it, you're gonna be cringe for the rest of your life. I know, like you just you just start spurging about drugs randomly. There's no way to get out of it. You're trapped permanently with the experiences of a drug user, which, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, they uh, they they form you into the egregor. They suck you in, and at certain points, they just come out. And podcasting seems to be like one of those instances, yeah. right? Like I don't know what it is. But it's probably probably ten percent of our podcasting content is saying it's about drugs. Oh, we're so we're so enlightened and cool and uh, beyond drugs. Uh, and now we're going to talk about it for thirty <laughs> minutes to reinforce that fact. You right? know, it's so funny too because I remember being in in college and wanting to ha- to have the fucking drug, uh, Grigor take a hold of me. It's like, oh man, I can understand Pink Floyd now. Oh, I know oh, what they would I remember I do remember like uh you know the first time you like do acid and listen to Pink Floyd, you're like, oh like I guess I like understand the music now, I guess. Like every time prior to prior to being on acid and hearing Pink Floyd, I was like, this is like retarded. None of this this makes any sense. Like, can you play your instruments faster? What's going on? (laughs) Exactly, bro. That's the only time I ever fucking listened to Pink Floyd was when I was on acid. Now, granted, 
They have, that, also, they have that one song that's like super fucking creepy. I forget. We what it don't is. need no like no the, the, the one the one where they you start getting like the creepy like horror movie noises oscillating from speaker oh yeah speaker. um um yeah, animals like, animals or whatever the fuck where they play I, I like all remember. the pig noises and shit yeah yeah like and I I would always just like uh it was a time like I don't know maybe six years ago where. Uh, somebody gave him like a bunch of acid and I did some and it was me and my girlfriend and we were sitting there in my place and we put it on with this like big speaker system, right? Like I had this like 5.1 like surround speaker system and the the fucking Pink Floyd playlist kept coming back to that one song and like it would have those creepy freaking noises playing off like the left shoulder, the right shoulder, the front wall, like it would just be <laughs> dancing around and I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And we kept, we would kept, keep going and trying to like change it to another song and somehow every come back. Floyd playlist would come back to that one song like centering us and we were just like i, gotta we say, like, we, I never understood like what a bad trip was until i, I realized <laughs> it was literally if that song plays more than three times during your trip like that's it's a bad, bad trip. trip right yeah that's what that's what they were talking about like people, oh ego death like my ego was dissolved like i was i was melted into a puddle of like human <laughs> mental fragility it's like no dude if you hear the weird pink floyd song more than three times you kill yourself yeah pretty much i mean we saw so i i was again i came from the metal end so i never really was into hippies i liked hippie girls but you know that's who whom's among us right but i used to listen to like progressive metal albums like i used to listen to like dream theater dream theater and fucking between the buried and me like a fucking god dude i was going full fucking like autists for drug ed it was so bad now granted those albums are great on lsd i can't even lie but still I was like that might be the time I don't know like all of that I, I might just be like a spurg of a person but like there's a certain beats per minute where like if music drops below it uh, my my brain just like can't even focus on it like the information input starts becoming so low that I yes. feel like I can't engage with the song right oh yeah that's and why I don't only, like reggae. the only band that breaks this for me is Death Cab for Cutie which is like horrible oh, they're good, and, though. yeah I mean it's the emotion. I, I the personally thing think so, but we have a lot of listeners right now who are just flipping off whatever device is like pumping uh, the audio out. Everyone loves Death Cab. This, right? Everyone loves Death Cab and Postal Service. That's, those are fine. Yeah, that's actually even I listen, when I was one hundred percent into metal, I used to say I like Death Cab. That's the only indie band that's I like. Funny. I feel like it's one of those uh, like scumbag bands too, right? Like if like I am lay sensitive guy who owns a cat and listens to Death Cab, like it's like. I'm you're you like, arcade fire, yeah. Yeah, it's like you've you've done the like predator download pack, right? <laughs> like <laughs> I thought I always would save me too, because I like I have a, a tinge of douchebaggery to me. And the thing that saved me with women that they so because of my glib, especially when I was younger, I had like I didn't develop like a depth of person yet, and I was just all superficial glib. And um the thing that saved them was always like Oh, you're not really, you're not pulling a wool over my eyes because you listen to metal. Like, you wouldn't, like, you, a girl comes over and I'm blasting, like, there's blast beats playing. There's no, like, there's, they don't think they're being fucking, like, schmoozed and rizzed up because they're like, oh, yeah, you would play, like, something with a little more, like, sex appeal, but you're playing, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I remember girls who you come over. Did I ever tell the story about how, like, we, like, our fucking, our stoner den with, like, we had a seven sided table? And like a contract on the wall, we all said that like this is also. I'm a little bit scared about this, but we signed, a, we wrote a contract like as like a meme when we were high that like uh like a deal with Satan that we'd like end up in hell together. So that might come to pass or not. We'll see. I'll find out if I die. We said it'd be really funny if we die, and we end up in hell. So that that's I'll learn that lesson, I guess. 
Um, we had like a seven sided table. There was like fucking like all the pictures were off kilter, like on purpose. The place was just like really hostile. And then we just played death metal. It was like very hostile environment. And then for some reason, as I kind of am now, I was friends with like a bunch of sorority girls. So they'd come over and it's like a bunch of like psycho, like metalhead kids. Like in this is like 2010. So it's not like metal is like not cool anymore. Like it's at the end of the warp tour thing. Like people are over it. And I'm just bl- and we're blasting like metal and the place is like really unsettling. And then everyone, everyone would get blasted high on their, on the bong. And they're just like, what the fuck is this place? And then like the sorority girl would bring their friends. They're like, why did you bring us to their house? They're fucking insane. And anyway, that was like, that was my entirety of freshman and sophomore year of college. And then I, then I burnt out of school as one would from smoking weed every day and uh, got my life together. And here we are. We should have like an America themed episode. We did actually. When? You know, by, by just talking about like a bunch of like drug shit, it wound up oh, being the true. most American thing that we've really ever done. This is something that I did not realize going to, uh, you know, I've had my recent travel binge, right? Yes. Uh, and I did not realize that America actually BTFOs the entire rest of the world in drug consumption by such an insane margin. It's almost impossible to comprehend. Right? Really? Like maybe maybe this is wrong for like, uh, like, I don't know, there's some like third world country where everyone's always on like some sort of weird like peyote paste or some shit like that. <laughs> but like yeah. every other somewhat civilized country I've gone to, it's just like, it's not comparable. This is a good point. Yeah. All. They don't really... I had Australians try and tell me that they have a comparable drug culture to the U.S. And it's just like, this is... You can't even get drugs in Australia. Who the fuck is shipping to Australia, bro? You're a little bit delusional here. You're probably paying like $500 a a gram of Coke. Like, I can't imagine they're shipping Coke to Australia. They probably do math, I guess, because like a lot of the Asian countries do math. Um, or like meth derivatives, what are they, whatever, the, whatever shit they're doing out there in fucking Bangladesh, injecting like meth, I guess that's what the Australians probably do, but they're not getting like pharmacy drugs. Like we have like a whole, we have a, we have Florida that just is like outpouring like opiates all day. Like you just walk in and buy fucking buy hydros for nothing. And then there's Mexico, obviously. So I, I just can't imagine. Yeah, it's a good point. It's probably just the U S doing hella drugs. And then I guess Europe does MDMA. I've lost Lucas again. He's just going. Oh, he sorry, just goes. Sorry. I'm, I'm being. I'm being accosted by a lot of weird drama shit. No, uh, classic. I'm, I'm yeah, and you know we've had we've had a really weird last few months here in in Lucas's life, right? We've gone, mm. uh, we've gone down, we've gone up, we've gone down again, up again, down. It's just been all over the fucking place. I've gone from. I've basically visited like every major city in the U.S. in the last like month, right? Like I've been to like Austin. Oh yeah, York, you were in fucking Chicago, New York. SF, like. I was all fucking around. Yeah, good point. And and now we're in now we are in Michigan, right? Wow, so for it's what, not exactly bro? it's not exactly a major US city, but it, it is a state. I think it's shaped like a mitten. I don't really remember. But it is uh, a mitten, yeah. Yeah. Oh bro. Wait, no, I'm not Michigan. in Michigan. Fuck me. I'm in Wisconsin. Oh, I'm Wisconsin. I'm, oh. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm delusional. Wisconsin's not shaped like a mitten. But anyway. Wisconsin's uh, cool. We like that. Yeah. So I've been all over the fucking place. Did you hit and, up the uh, um the bros at the uh, wagon box, whatever it's called? Box. All the like the Milady bros that are out there in Wisconsin and Montana, like uh, no, Thad so and I'm, all I'm them. I'm kind of a weird. I'm in kind of a weird thing out here. I'm with a. I'm with, <laughs> I'm with a great friend, and I'm with my uncle. Uh, <laughs> so I see. I see. It's like, 
it's it's a weird thing right uh yeah I, these are both people who it's like i don't really know if i should be i really don't know if i should be uh mingling like too many we're already like we're already in a level of mixing things together that like i don't know if this makes any sense and mm-hmm. I, I like i might be fucking up here i feel uh, you and like adding random miladies into this mix is sort of like well this is the uh this is the the base ladies out there in uh, like Thad out there. Oh, that might actually be cool. Yeah, Thad's out there in either Wisconsin or Montana. Oh no, sorry, Wyoming or Montana. That's not next to Wisconsin, is it? Wyoming is near. Uh, I thought they were in. Yeah, I thought they were in Montana, which is like uh, yeah, they're in twenty hour drive away. Yeah, yeah, I'm mixing up Wisconsin and Wyoming. That's my bad. That's that's my American school system. Or my dyslexia. Dude, I, I did not understand how any of the states were oriented towards each other until I started just like going around to them randomly. And the other funny thing is like I've been taking the Miata for like half of these, right? So like we're driving insanity, this Miata bro. around. Yeah, right. Can and you drive in a real car, bro? Why are no, you always dude, doing travel? Know, it's it's in always like fucking fake, shit, right? It's like a <laughs> oh, like I'm I'm going around in a uh, like a, a motorcycle or like a Miata, and it's like I have my like sedan that I just don't use. Drive a real car, dog. Dude, the Miata, I gotta say, dude, like it actually yeah, but not it, for twenty hour drives. Bro, it actually fucks for for like uh high highway drives, man. Like something about just like top down for like ten hours in the sun on a nice day is just oh my god. It's mm. like you're you're going, you got a cute girl next to you. She she isn't one of those fucking bitches who complains <laughs> about like her hair getting fucked up. I swear to God, this is this is the thing, dude. Like, buy a convertible, buy a convertible because it is the number one filter for women in your life, right? Like, if you take a girl out in your convertible, she gets in and she starts complaining that her hair is getting fucked up. And I mean, like, this is obviously different if you're going to like a wedding or something where you need to be like beautiful and put together. But it's like if you're just going out for like a nice casual date and she starts complaining about her hair being fucked up, you you just have to drop it. You know, it's over, <laughs> right? You, you have to just completely forget that she exists, block her number, delete her from Tinder, wherever the fuck you met her, and go find a new one because this is not the one you're going to marry. Like, if she is, if she's too stressed out while driving next to you in your convertible, singing along with the music, getting her hair a little bit fucked up. Like imagine what happens when you have like three kids, two yeah. of them are screaming and one of them is like trying to unlock your gun safe. It is. A, it's, it's like fucking a, over. It is a shit test, man. but like it, like not a shit test. It's a joy test. It's like, we're, it's actually more pivotal than a shit test, right? Cause women will shit test you to see how you handle like neg- their negative behavior. But if you got a, you got a shit test woman by, by introducing them to joy and can they, pr- can they handle and comprehend the joy? That's real. That's the real litmus there. You know, if you start stressing out about a joy situation, because y'all know how many times you take a girl out and then all of a sudden it's like you turned like a good, a nice evening out into a fucking nightmare. And it's like, why can't you why can't you process this happy experience here? You know, that's a good litmus. This is the convertible being one of those situations. Yeah, it's sunny. The wind's blowing in your hair. It's, it's a good time. You relax. It was it was a very good time. And the other thing is that like, you know, I can't really explain to you how much I like just driving around, blasting the radio to some like, uh, I don't know, you know, the naked and famous radio is I think what I've had going for probably 30 hours of the That's last such a random band. 
Uh, okay, it's it's an epicenter of a lot of very very beautiful uh, two thousand like five to two thousand ten songs. Okay, so it was. Uh, it was I can see that. But, that makes sense. But just going around and just like singing along with someone top down in a convertible is something that's like, uh, you know, that's that's extremely important to me. <laughs> in like a partner it's so stupid right no but, i think uh, that's good you got to be able to uh, like vibe yeah like i i think back to and you know this is a this is a little bit of a delusion that i think i got into recently where i was like overvaluing like conversation but like i look back on relationships and i think back on like what all of the like good memories i have with like any of my exes are and there isn't a single one where i'm sitting there remembering like wow that was like based conversation and it's not because yeah. i never had good conversation with them but it's clearly because that's not like what i value in women right they, no like, one does that like i don't have anything like that with you either like it's it's just that that's not what like memories are formed on right yeah like, they're on not, there's not vibes. significant enough like emotional weight to that that it matters so uh, yeah, like my know, favorite memories are like dancing with like you're like have dancing to something silly or whatever. Yeah, I have I have so many memories that are just like lying outside in the sun, like on a beach, in the grass, like by a lake, etc. Like it's it's all just mm -hmm. like various vibing stuff. And then exactly. there are girls that I've dated who just like they didn't like outdoors. Mm -hmm. And I you know, like what's what's there to do with that? can't do much honestly no you gotta you gotta be able to vibe you can go and to also, restaurants and then you and then you talk i guess but it's like mm -hmm. it's you gotta just, be able to vibe in the, the sun i mean like what is what is the human experience except vibing in the sun yeah even, i'm not in me i'm not even like a particularly outdoors person i'm a, i was i'm a city dweller i was born in the city but hot damn do i not love going to the beach you know like to hang out in the sun like it's hard to like I'll I'll take a beach over a hike any day, right? I'd, or snowboarding in the sun. Like you know, you get a lot more sun snowboarding than you would anticipate, right? Like things like that. But you gotta you gotta be able to do that. You can't like you just can't the inside the apartment inside the house thing. While I do it a lot, it's not the cornerstone of it's not the best moments. You know, not that I don't love you know watching a movie with the girl. You know, that's always fun, but. It's different. It's a different thing. Yeah, it's not real. It's not real. I'm not a big. I'm not a big movie guy, dude. I don't think that's. Yeah, that's we know. We, we need to go. You never know any fucking movies. I I have no idea what movies are going on. Uh, and that's because I don't watch movies, and it's because I don't watch TV. So I watch movies with on my laptop with the girlfriend, but I don't. When I when I don't have a girlfriend, I'm not really watching movies. I watch anime. I've been watching anime forever, but that's funny. So I I guess that does make sense. Like I guess people use movies as like a sort of filler thing for. Yeah, it's like you got back from whatever event you're at, and you're like, "All right, let's chill." Like, also, because you want to leave let's the like chill. the best thing of having a person to date is that you can leave early, and it like you're like, "Oh, well, she's tired." That's my favorite. Oh, it's the fucking greatest. Right? <laughs> I, I was I was just thinking that that's actually like my least favorite thing is like that my social battery outlasts like every girl that I have ever dated in my entire life. I mean, your social There's battery like, outlasts me, and I'm uh, like a strong <laughs> extrovert. Like you just have. Well, do you remember reserves. like at the rave where I was like it was like one or something in the morning, and I was like just like I'm like ah oh, wow I'm like getting started here, dude. This is epic. I, listen, like, we, oh, we I went till four or five, but it was like a hundred and fucking ten degrees in the fuck and humid inside the. I fucking loved that too. I was like, "This is the other thing. This is why I know that I need to go down to Texas, and why I know that I because like I've been debating whether like okay, do I go to like New York? Do I go to Chicago? Do I go to Austin? 
And like, I've got to go somewhere down in Texas because I fucking love the heat and I love sweating my ass off, dude. Like, it just feels mm-hmm. so good to me. I'm probably like some sort of a lizard person, unironically. Like, mm-hmm. I am. I'm, I mean, I'm yeah, like, listen, uh, you'll love Texas. It's fucking 100 yeah. degrees here like all year. I, it just feels so good to just sweat it out, man. And I also, this is another one of my things that I think. Uh, to be funny, there's a little bit of schizotypism. So you're typically not normal if you're funny. There are people who are yeah, funny no, and normal, but it's not like it's like a very particular type of normal funny that is like you've maxed out like small talk stat. Like, you know, what yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I get you. It's not like uh, it's not, you know, you're never going to be doing shock humor. You're never going to be like none of the things that we say that are funny would be like what normal funny person says. Right. Maybe I think like a good example of like normal funny is like howling mutant in terms of his just like. It's it's basically like a stand-up comedy routine. Maybe omit the parts where he's like a blatant Nazi, right? Yeah. Uh, but like other than it, those parts, it that's the sort of like normal humor, I guess. Yeah. There's a the 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 type of yeah, I just don't and I find a lot of that well, I can I I love a good dad joke, so I, I'll laugh at stuff like that. Oh yeah, I fucking love puns, man. That shit hits hard. Puns hit that so shit hard. Rolls me, dude. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. But then it's like other than puns, I don't like if a normal like joke setup premise is almost too obvious. And this is, this is the schizotypalism. This is the diversion thinking. I can't, I don't find most normal humor funny because I can anticipate the joke. And that's the, that's that, that removes yeah, the whole I mean, like, there, there are like a certain number of punchlines and like comedic pathways that have gone th- and been ran through by all sorts of like popular media at this point. Exactly. And, you know, the, the base, like there's only so many like ways that you can outline a joke, right? Mm-hmm. And if you start from, you know, like the way the way that weird humor works, I'm doing air quotes here, uh, is that you basically prevent yourself from recognizing the patterns by finding things that are like obscure enough references that you haven't thought to connect them in that way. But like as you get closer and closer to the mainstream, while you get like more relatable, you also get to the point where like the punchline is just like visible from like the first two words. Right. Yes. Yeah, like the weird humor is typically just how like you expect me to follow the pathway and I don't, right? So it's like l- l- layers of meta understanding of jokes, and then after you get to a certain point of like idiosyncra- idiosyncraticness, idiosyncrasy, then it's funny again, right? So t- while our jokes might be a little bit, some people think we're dry. Some people think I'm not funny at all, right? And I think I'm pretty funny. Many people but it's also- think that both of us suck and are retarded. That's actually very true. This is very so common. True. They think we're, but then it's because, but then at the same time, a lot of people think they reluctantly, we thought we were really funny in words. I think we're funny like in general, but like our, the words we say are funny to people. That's funny. It, like, you know what I mean? It's like we, our speech patterns are things that like our throw people patterns. off. <laughs> it's not even like our actual like jokes. It's just that when we start talking like natural speak, people think it's funny. I feel like when I make a joke, no one gives a fuck. Like when I make an explicit, like, here's a set of punchline, like, you know, no one on Twitter really cares. But when I just talk normally, they're like, ha 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 ha. You're so yeah, funny. No, I, this is definitely something that's very true for, I, I thought a lot about this for myself is like, I am much better as an orator than I am as somebody who like communicates over text. And I'm also much better. Like my, my YouTube shit always did much better than like my Twitter shit. Right. Because I'm, I'm like min maxing around all of the wrong variables. I was, you know, like, what's the point of being like a reasonably good looking person who speaks well and then going online and using like a text based medium where you're like handicapped and retarded? 
yeah. like, I've, I've, I've chosen to do that. And so now like from the middle of nowhere, we have built out uh, the network entirely through tweets and stuff. And it's like, I, it worked, I guess. And I've met a ton of people from it, but like now we have to go like actually yeah. live somewhere real and like meet people and shit. I, and I'm that sure was, this that was, this was what I learned from visiting everyone for the last like few months. It's like, oh my god, like I'm actually, I've actually just burned like decades and decades of life, uh, not living in a city. Like I actually just fucked up horribly. No, no, no. It makes you a real person. You do have to live in a city at some point. I think that's like crucial. But I think the people who only live in cities, they fucking are annoying and suck. You got to go because like if you don't live in a city, then you have to introspect, and when you introspect, you become interesting, right? Like people who so now, only live so in cities. I, I've got to go and uh, de-interestingify myself out in a city and become some sort of like a... You know, the other really weird thing that I noticed about all the people in cities, though, is there's just like a, an assumption that anytime you say something that's like considerate, that you're doing it as like a performative thing. It's very funny. Yeah. Yes. Well, especially in New York City, that's like that. Yeah. They I, kind I, of... That is where it was. Yeah, yeah. The, in New York City, like the... Because especially like the culture there is like it's fast, efficient, whatever. And yeah. if you're being considerate, it's like, okay, it's, I appreciate it. But also like, I don't care. Like we can just do the thing. Because it's like, it's like efficiency focused. Um, which is how New York gets a bad rap of being like rude. I think New Yorkers are actually very not rude. I think, well, not rude. They're, they're a little bit rude. They're just, they're very nice. I think New Yorkers are very nice, but they get the bad rap for being rude because it's efficiency focused. Like I didn't I'll, interact. I never get more generosity. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, a lot of people there weren't even from New York. But like, you'll see them. And I was the most very clearly not from New York, so everybody understood that. You yeah. know, like my my presentation was very much so like this dude is out of towner. When he gets older, he won't sound like this anymore, right?